This is an ABC podcast. I have never used a computer in my life before I moved to New Zealand. And on my first day of class, we were told not to produce handwritten um, assignments. I've never been to lectures, you know, those big auditoriums. I didn't know what lectures would look like. I didn't have any friends at the time. Honestly, I just feel like so uncomfortable sometimes, you know, going into like chemist or supermarket and stuff like that. But it's like, it's so different, like being a black woman. There was a couple of challenges, like the, my responsibility as a mother to my husband and my son. Uh, besides that, I still have to do my studies as a full-time student. It was good that I had family support to actually you know, orientate myself with a train and everything. It was a new environment for me to live away from home and uh, everything was a bit fast. That was always um, something that was dear to me. That was always something I was looking at, you know. Um, taking this opportunity to um, upskill and bring that knowledge and skill set back to support and benefit um, the people here in Fiji. One of the biggest changes in my life was when I went to university. Not only because I was the first woman in my family, in fact, the first woman in my village, but also because I had to move far away. Port Moresby is around 500 kilometers from Mount Hagen, where I did most of my schooling. But it could be another country. Up until then, I spent my life in the highlands of Papua New Guinea in a subsistence farming village, and now I was about to leave behind everything familiar to me to step into a new world. I was excited and terrified because on top of all this change, I had the added pressure of maintaining the scholarship I had won. And there was a lot of proving myself because I was a woman. But I survived the culture shock and I made it through my bachelor's degree. Right now, all over the Pacific, there are young women experiencing those same emotions that I did all those years ago. Because university is about to start again. I'm Ilda Wayne. And on our first show of 2022, as women across the Pacific travel long distance to uni, sisters, let's talk about the challenges and the thrills of university life. Knowledge is power. Pacific Island nations are part of the global economy. So access to education is vital. Our nations, however, are lagging when it comes to access to tertiary education. And women's participation falls even further behind this. It is a challenge in some of our countries for girls to even finish secondary school. But there are more and more women breaking through these barriers and going to university. And for many, they're the first in their family. In the majority of cases, it means traveling away from home, either to the other side of your island or to another country. It was like that for Rebecca Smiley. She traveled from Solomon Islands for her education. I seriously want to take up this uh, journey to get a qualification to come to go overseas and create a better future for myself and to help my siblings. So it was in my high school days after my mom passed away. And um, um, yes, and she had always told me that 
to work hard and that uh, one day, sorry, it, it was really hard. So when my mom was alive, life was very easy for us. But after she passed on, it was quite hard. But I decided to remain strong and to conquer everything and to keep pushing to fulfill what my grandmother and my mother had always wanted for me. Wow, that must have been so hard for Rebecca. But what a remarkable woman to have that resolve. I think growing up in my family, um, there's no one that had been to university. I think my parents went to high school and that's it. There's no role model for me out there. And I always come across lots of challenges in life and wondering where I could be in like a few years' time. Stephanie Ephraim is from Vanuatu and was in high school when she knew she needed to provide for herself. I ended up studying for an organisation. From there, I realised that I needed more knowledge and skills to go further into my passion. I started to look into, you know, studies and stuff, and then I came across a Australian Award Scholarship. And I was like, I'm going to give it a go and see if I can make it, um, which I thought it would be impossible. But, you know, I got selected and I couldn't believe it. I was working for Oxfam Vanuatu and I saw the email and I was crying and like, I wanted this room so bad, but I was in the office. That would be weird. So I received my finalist for the scholar in 2018. Stephanie moved to Melbourne, Australia and is studying a Bachelor of Community Development and Social Work. That 26-year-old says she wants to bring back what she's learned to make her community in Vanuatu a safe and better community. My name is Lite Serovakula and I'm 43 years old. I did my degree in hotel management, my master's in event management at Griffith University. And then now I'm in Michigan State University doing a fellowship. I did my uh, diploma back home in Fiji and I, I noticed there were a lot of expatriates that had management position in five-star chain hotels. And that was where I said, it's about time some locals actually got to, to manage properties and stuff like that. So that's where, that's what motivated me to actually apply and uh, do my studies overseas. Apart from that too, one of the motivation was, I mean, I grew up in the city, but most of the time my life evolved where my parents took me to the village often. I looked at, you know, the place in, in where, where our village was situated near the river and all that, you know, and I used to dream of ecotourism or some kind of hotel being built around. And at the same time, because we faced a lot of hardship with uh, climate change, people were more like, you know, for subsistence living. Eh? Whatever you had, it was for the family and what you could sell uh, just enough. Uh, for the family at that time. I used to say uh, it would be good to work in a hotel or something <laughs> and maybe build something like that along to provide uh, income for the family in the in the village. What a great motivation for Lite Seru Vakula. It was also that sense of giving back to your community that was behind fellow Fijian, Nazia Raza's reason to move overseas to study. Nazia did a psychology degree at the University of South Pacific but knew she had to do further studies. So I was super excited about getting accepted into the program. Um, I know it is a tough program to get accepted into. To my main motivation for applying to do my clinical master's in Wollongong, clinical master's is not a program that's offered here in Fiji. And at the time, I was working with the Ministry of Health based at the main psychiatric hospital here. So 
in my work, I identified, you know, I could only take my patients as far as I have gone. So that was like a need that I identified. And that was my main motivation for applying for a scholarship to further my education and skills. So I could bring that knowledge and skills back and be in a better position to support mental health here in Fiji. I think I can safely say that the reasons behind Stephanie, Lite and Nazia's reasons to move away to study is reflective of so many women in the Pacific. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. So you found out you need to move to another country for your education. What goes through your mind? 23-year-old St. Thebo moved to Australia from her home in the Kiribati. It was just excitement at first because growing up in a country, a very small island, you always get excited when you hear about these new things, you know, traveling to another country. And then, I don't know, I guess the feeling of going to travel on an airplane <laughs> that's one of the best experiences that I was looking forward at the time. And then just thinking that Australia, you know, I've heard of Australia. I've seen in um, some of the movies that I've watched. And I was just, yeah, really excited to move to a new country and then um, just think about what I would be having the experience when I get there. Because I was applying for the scholarship at the time, the Australian uh, scholarships, and then they have this briefing workshop. It was just a one-day workshop just to, you know, have an idea of what life would be like in Australia, you know, how to travel um, using public transport, the contact of the people that we would be, we would always go back to whenever we have difficulties during our studies. And I think that was just about it. It was just that briefing thing thing that really prepared my mental before I was going to travel to Australia for the study. Jenny Lalai is 35 and she moved from her homeland of Tonga to Fiji to study. For Jenny, it was a real mix of different feelings. She worked her way up in accounting at a telecommunications company and an opportunity to go to uni came around in 2019. I was so excited to come to Fiji but then uh, as I moved here in Fiji, I, there were some challenges that I had to face, like uh, being away from your loved ones, mm-hmm. homesick, and uh, leaving my dad behind. It was a great challenge for myself, but it's a sacrifice that I must make in order to fulfill my dream, and uh, it will benefit us all. Yeah. Not only that, but then uh, I have also been... Uh, facing some financial challenges. But despite all that, we learn to live with the limited budget that we have. Mm. And uh, although the struggle is real, but the determination for a better future has taught us to, myself, to enjoy it all. Jenny is juggling a study with being mom to a seven-year-old son, so I can imagine the challenges there. Once that initial excitement wears off and you're faced with reality of moving, what is that like? Saint first arrived in Australia with another friend, but then they discovered they would be at different campuses. I was alone in that new campus, and then I never knew if there were there were any other Ikiripa students at the time also studying there, because I was studying at Griffith University. I went to the Gold Coast campus, so... Um, I guess all the challenges start creeping in, especially when university started, because I'm not used, I've never been to lectures, you know, those big auditoriums. 
I didn't know what lectures would look like. I didn't have any friends at the time. Yeah, so uh, those were some of the challenges that I um, encountered at the time. Saint says she was also homesick at times. At the time, Messenger and um, Internet wasn't a thing back then. But my younger sibling was with my parents at the time. And she just introduced the applications to my parents, you know, how they would use uh, Messenger and video calls. And then nearing almost the end of my studies, we, uh, we just started um, doing video calls and stuff. It was tough for Nazia, too, who moved to Australia from Fiji to do a postgraduate studies in psychology. This was actually my first time um, living away from my family, as in um, my parents. So it's always just been me, my mom and dad at home in Fiji. And um, with our extended family, they're always uh, very Yeah, in very close range to us. So even though I was staying with relatives in Wollongong, just being away from my immediate family at home, that kicked in that homesickness. But with time, I adapted to, you know, my new surroundings, my my new home, getting to know like my relatives there better as well. The other thing Pacific Islander women experience overseas, often for the very first time, is how hard it can be when you're a woman of color in Australia. Here's Stephanie again from Vanuatu, who won a scholarship to study community development and social work at Victoria University in Melbourne. Honestly, I just feel like so uncomfortable sometimes, you know, going into that chemist or supermarket and stuff like that. But it's like it's so different, like being a black woman. In my country, I do not experience those things. But coming here, it really like shocked me that those things exist. You know, it's not easy because... Sometimes coming from my country where it's the culture is so different, where we always, whatever a white person say anything, we listen to. Coming here, I try not to do that. Trying to make sure I also own the space in, especially in the university, is so important. Being a woman of colour, you have to make your voice heard in the class. You can't just be like sitting there and listening to what everyone's saying. It's also important to talk about your experience. It's also important to talk about your culture and where you come from and be proud of it. One thing that I've I've learned that I should not let anyone silence me, especially if I need to speak my opinion. I love that Stephanie has not let this experience silence her. For Rebecca, there were so many different things to get used to. Rebecca moved from Solomon Islands to Otoroa when she won a scholarship to study a Bachelor in Commerce and Tourism Management. Growing up in the village, life was very different to my new environment. New Zealand was totally different and it was my first time to leave my family and to travel overseas. So I missed home very badly and I cried almost every night. The weather was different. The language, especially the Kiwi accent, was hard to understand. The food in the dining hall is not what I usually have at my home. But what I find most challenging is integrating into the New Zealand education system. For example, I have never used a computer in my life before I moved to New Zealand. On my first day of class, we were told not to produce handwritten assignments, but everything must be typed. So I have to do my assignments some couple of days before the due date so that I can have the other days to type my assignment because I am not very good in computing. Sometimes 
being the only female Pacific Islander in a very large class of 200 people, it's very difficult for me as I am too shy um, to speak out, thinking if um, I will make a mistake and the class will laugh at me. So those are the challenges, what's and all, that Saint Nazia, Stephanie and Rebecca have outlined with such honesty. But they say while there are challenges, there are so many great things about studying overseas. There's personal growth, resilience and learning. Yes, Stephanie. It's challenging, but if you find a good bit of it and put it together, it makes the whole experience better. Study-wise, I think it's, it's amazing. And remember Jenny who moved from Tonga to Fiji with her husband and son? There were some couple of challenges, like the, my responsibility as a mother to my husband and my son. I must be able to fulfill my duty at home in doing all the chores so that I could uh, leave my husband to focus on his studies since it's, it's from his sponsors comes that are financial support. Eh? But I also had to help my son who is in year two doing his homeschool and due to COVID-19 affecting the schools here in Fiji. Besides that, I still have to do my studies as a full-time student, registering for full four units every semester. It's been a great challenge, but I believe women are built and equipped to conquer through uh, perseverance and with uh, God's help, I finally made it through. Congratulations, Jenny. She was due to graduate in Tonga in January, but the volcanic eruption and tsunami disaster meant she couldn't get home. Fingers crossed she'll be able to graduate in December. Lite has also grabbed the opportunity with both hands. She first moved from Fiji to Australia and is now studying in Michigan in the United States. The blessing was the fact that my brother was, uh, he was also in Brisbane, in Albion. While I arrived, I stayed with him and traveled to the Gold Coast uh, daily for my studies. Uh, uh, and it was good that I had family support to actually you know, orientate myself with a train and everything. It was a new environment for me to live away from home. And uh, everything was a bit fast for me. I graduated in 2004. Straight after my bachelor's, I had applied also to do my master's. The following year, I, uh, so 2004, I did my degree in hotel management and 2005, I did my master's in event management, both at Griffith University. So straight after my studies, uh, I had, I was given an opportunity because, you know, while you study, you had to work. So I was, I chose a hotel to work with called the Marriott on the Gold Coast. So when I was working at the Courtyard Marriott, I was also looking at, because they were going to open up a, a resort in Fiji. So straight after that, uh, straight after my studies and everything, they sent me to Sydney to do a, a training, uh, sort of like a management development training, and they were going to groom me for a management position back home. Lita is now using her opportunity to improve her industry back in Fiji, just like her compatriot Nazia. And that brings a real sense of achievement. That was always um, something that was dear to me. That was always something I was looking at, you know, um, taking this opportunity to um, upskill and bring that knowledge and skill set back to support and benefit um, the people here in Fiji. Yeah, super yeah, excited there, super proud of my achievement there. And at the same time, um, that would be my first time moving away from home. So there was that nervousness there. There was that anxiety there. Um, but yeah, so a mix of both feelings there. 
That is true bravery. Being nervous and anxious, but still going ahead and doing it. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. So what's the biggest sense of achievement for Pacific women who move away from all they know to go to uni? I look back now and gosh, I'm actually really proud of myself. Going to university is such a huge commitment because it also means moving away from home for most of us. For Sane, remember she moved all the way from Kiribati to Australia to study. It's been about building self-confidence. One of my biggest achievements is being able to you know, be the first one to initiate friendships with international friends. Because um, I, I, myself, I'm, very, um, I'm a very conserved person. I would say that I'm also an introvert. It gets very hard to initiate conversations with people, um, strangers or people that I don't know. But then I had to adjust because, you know, I, I, I was independent at the time. I had to find new friends in universities that would eventually help me whenever I would have struggles in my studies or like uh, whenever I feel lonely, they might be, um, I don't know, I I think I just needed to make friends at the time. So I just built up my confidence. For Jenny, it's about what she's able to give back to her community and her country. It's a blessing. It's a blessing for my community, but especially for my family and for my country as well. Uh, and it comes with a package that currently a better future for me and my family. It's a life changing for myself personally that I have added another milestone to my life. Since I've been dreaming of uh, this uh, opportunity, uh, being able to achieve it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an excitement that I can't explain. <laughs> The education Lita received actually opened their eyes and changed the way she worked. I think the blessing of uh, uh, the studies and everything, you know, it made me versatile and agile uh, in, you know, I could uh, help out in the communities and to train people in the local communities, unemployed youth, providing them jobs and things like that. When I was in Fiji, the history back home is where we had the indentured system where the Indians came. And, you know, and, and in the past, when you're growing up, you're seeing this racial thing about Fijians and Indians. Eh? Then when I went to Australia, it changed the perspective of how I viewed things. I realized how racist I was. <laughs> and, you know, and when going back into the work field, you know, no. And now today it's like diversity, inclusivity and all this. But, yeah, that play, that play, going to Australia and seeing that, you know, it changed the way that I viewed things. And what about Rebecca from Solomon Islands? It is not just about getting a qualification and to better expand my academic knowledge, but it is also about hard work, uh, perseverance, and a positive mind which never give up. Inspiring words there, Rebecca, Lite, Jenny, and Sane. I've loved listening to these women who are so diverse in their ages, what they study, where they're from, and their backgrounds. If you're thinking of taking the next step and looking to study at university, here's some of their great advice. Don't be afraid to um, take on these opportunities. You have your family support. You have your country support. Do not think you are not capable of befitting to these opportunities um, just because you're a woman. Yeah, just apply for that scholarship, set your goals, 
get that degree, find a professional, simply just innovate one where you can apply what you will pick up during your studies. Because, yeah, who knows? You might be one of the future leaders your country or family will depend on in the future. We can uh, see our potential if you won't take up any challenges. We have to get out of our comfort zone and uh, prove to the world that we are capable. Even uh, we have uh, other responsibilities, but that won't hold us back from reaching our dream. Getting there, it's our determination. Staying at home, being a mom, it's the most important job. But getting up there and uh, adding another value to yourself through studying, it's a good thing. We, we can't always be relying on our husbands and our families to provide and support us. Because I'm, I'm sure every woman is capable for us women when it comes to education. But then it's only our mentality that holds us back. And I believe that young uh, women, it would be a great opportunity for them to get out there and explore the world, face the challenges. and grow through what they've been going through. My advice would be to go for it, to take that leap of faith, um, to move out of your comfort zone because we miss out on the chances that we don't take. So I'd say put yourself out there and give this a try, give something new a try. What is it that you, you're passionate about? When I say passionate about, what's one thing that annoys the crap out of you? You said, if I was in, in control of this, I would do it differently. And that's the motivation that will drive you because to pursue your uh, your studies because you can, you know you look at it and you say I could make a difference and and, um, and make changes to it. What I have in mind is to go back and help my community and um, just to do those little things that will um, create the difference um, for my family and uh, for the people in my community in my, and in my country. It's just those little things that sometimes they were overlooked, trying to help other people in the community or my family to have that positive mind to work hard, um, sorry, to achieve their dreams. It's never going to be easy, but it's always good to come out from your comfort zone. Go and live with other people. There's so many people out here that are not only Australians, that are also international students. Honestly, it also boosts your experience because you can challenge yourself to get whatever you want in life. Being here, I've done lots of different jobs. And when I go home, I'll be so proud of myself because I pushed myself and I can bring all those experiences and skills with me and use them back home. Thank you, Sane, Jenny, Nazia, Lite, Rebecca, and Stephanie for your wonderful advice. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. I've been so inspired listening to the sisters giving such honest view of what it is like to travel away from home for university. After the initial excitement of getting an offer, the enormity of what you're doing soon sets in. There's the homesickness, the culture shock, the getting used to actually studying at a tertiary level. Those are the challenges. But what you actually take away from this is personal growth, meeting people from different walks of life, being well out of your comfort zone, and most importantly, you're getting an education. And all these women say they want to use their education to make their community and their country a better place. Wow. 
It's made me reflect on how much going to university changed my life. It gave me economic independence. It enabled me to give back to my community. And I hope I'm setting a great example not only for my daughter and sons, but also girls and young women who I meet. Our families and communities should be our motivation to become the best at any given opportunity. Stay focused and work hard. I'm proof that hard work and perseverance can take you from a subsistence farming village to working for Radio Australia. I know there are so many sisters out there who share my story and who I was honored to have on this show who have remarkable stories of success despite the odds. Thank you so much for joining me. Hilda Wayne for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia a weekly show by Pacific Islands Women for Pacific Islands Women, where we get together to talk about the issues that are important to us. In the Pacific, just search for Sisters Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. If you're in Australia, you can listen to Sisters Let's Talk on the ABC Listen app. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is S-I-S-T-A-S at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, the new challenges of breastfeeding in the Pacific. One of the main challenges that would prevent women from breastfeeding is the inability to keep up with work requirements and to maintain or sustain a paying job just so that they can effectively breastfeed. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented by me, Hilda Wayne. It's produced by Melissa Makin. Our supervising producer is Inga Stunzner. Executive producer is Justin Kelly. And our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. I'm Tassol Nabungimu next time.